Hello, welcome to the Talking Michigan Transportation Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Cranson. Today I'm going to touch on some difficult subjects that we've talked about before and the problem, specifically wrong way driving, does not seem to be improving. In fact, the numbers are going in the wrong direction, literally. So we've seen a steady increase in those in Michigan. It uh, seemed to heightened during the pandemic, although it was certainly a problem before then. First, I spoke with Gary Bubar, who is a traffic safety specialist for AAA in Michigan, and he offers some insight about the statistics and the trends and some theories on why the problem has become more pervasive. Later, I'll talk to Eric Kind, the MDOT Grand Region Engineer, which means that he is based in Grand Rapids and oversees several surrounding counties. And he'll talk about what they're seeing and some specific things that they're doing on the US 131 corridor, a very busy freeway that runs through the city and uh, trying to address some wrong way crashes that have been on the rise there. Again, I'm with Gary Bubar of AAA. He's a traffic safety specialist. Um, Gary, before we jump into the the real issue of the day, which is wrong way crashes, talk a little bit about your background and your work and uh, what feeds your passions? Thanks for inviting me, Jeff. And I've been uh, in, with AAA in the area of traffic safety since the mid 80s. So we've seen a lot of change over that time. Um, but AAA has been in the traffic safety uh, advocation game for over 100 years. And one of the things that we do look at, um, and we've done some research on, is wrong way crashes. So when I look at and this was precipitated by a Detroit news story, and there's been a lot of media interest in this because there's been a, a, a bit of a rise in these crashes. The story points out that as an overall percentage of crashes, it's still not a high number, but anything going in the wrong direction is disturbing, right? We we, we want to know why and we want to look at that. Um, what, are, what are some of the reasons that you think we've seen an, an increase in this? And I think, you know, the, the pandemic certainly had something to do with it because people were just driving faster and more recklessly. And drinking more. Well, that's and we and the research supports that. Um, you know, even pre-pandemic research and post it also uh, supports alcohol involvement as part of these kinds of situations. Um, and there are a number of other factors that come into play too. Uh, we found that drivers um, who are older, particularly over 80 years old, uh, find themselves in these kinds of crashes um, at a much higher rate than the other crashes they're involved in now. Drivers over 80 tend to drive very little, and they tend to be in very few crashes. That being said, um, the crashes they're involved in, if they do happen to get on uh, a divided highway going the wrong way, tend to be very severe. There's a lot of other factors that come into play with that, too. But when you uh, couple that with alcohol, a lot of nighttime, a lot of these happen in the middle of the night, as this one did, uh, that you were referring to. Uh, and all those together, even though, like you said, they aren't. Uh, they don't occur very often uh, at, at random locations. When they happen because of the head-on nature, they tend to be very severe. My only quibble with what was otherwise a very well-reported uh, Detroit news story was was this. In 2021, Michigan State Police reported more than 280,000 total crashes across the state. The number of wrong-way crashes is comparatively small, but going the wrong way can turn freeways, typically Michigan's safest roads, Bubar said, into some of the most dangerous. I, I just, you know, it, it is not because I work for a DOT. Long before I did that, I, I take exception with the idea that the roads are dangerous. 
You know, it's only when they're confusing to the drivers involved and, and they could maybe be confusing um, by factors that have nothing to do with the engineers. Oftentimes this is laid at the feet of, you know, the engineering saying, how come this wasn't changed? How come you didn't do something to protect our drivers more? Well, there's a responsibility of the driver to, to do some of the right things too. pay attention to your signage, plan your route ahead of time. Now, I, I have always supported our freeways as our safest driving area because you got all the cars going about the same speed and about the same direction with no intersections and, and have been our safest roads. Only about 7% of the crashes occur on freeways. That being uh, said, it's two lane rural roads that are the real concern, right? Of course. And the inter- and then the four way intersections that go into them that people don't stop for those kind. I mean, there's a whole lot of things going on. Um, but when we have drivers going the wrong way, that's a real problem. And a lot of it has to do with drivers not knowing how to react when you're on a freeway and you've got headlights coming toward you. Is there a right way to react? Is that, That's a good question. What uh, The recommendation from, from AAA at a, at a, in, in terms of the research is to get off the road. We have an instinct to uh, that we need to stay in our right lane and oncoming traffic, whether it's on, a, on the wrong lane or not, is going to go to their right. So if you get to the right, flash your brights, let that driver know that you're there. Now, again, uh, you know, Department of Transportation and, and other road, uh, road commissions have done a good job in terms of letting other drivers know that, hey, you've gotten on this wrong entrance ramp. Um, we have red reflective everything telling you you're going the wrong way on this. We've got, I mean, you know, there are, there are other things some other states are doing, uh, but with this, uh, there's only so much you can do to, to let drivers know. And if they've had too much to drink or if they're otherwise not able to really understand that they're going the wrong way on that road, they end up going. Sometimes there's not much you can really do except to try and protect yourself out there if you see headlights coming toward you. Well, and that goes to the discussion really of trying to human proof the system because we're, we are human and, and we make mistakes. Some are more preventable than others, obviously. But can we get to the point through technology someday? And I think we will, um, even before we have fully autonomous vehicles where I think uh, they can communicate with a vehicle and let them know that, hey, you're going the wrong way, whether it's, you know, your your display screen or it's sound in your car or something like that that tries to get your attention. Um, and that's, you know, I think that's coming. So focusing on the problem and raising awareness is, is always helpful. Um, what else does AAA advocate in this in this particular area of safety? It goes back to driving when you're comfortable to be driving. Uh, I mentioned some of our older drivers are the most susceptible to these kinds of crashes. If you fall into that age group in particular, um, and it's not just because of age, it's because of diminished vision, uh, you know, a, a diminished uh, or a, a limited ability to judge space and time. Don't go on those roads at two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning when it's most dangerous, even after darkness in general. Uh, that's why we see a lot of drivers who are over 55 not driving at night. They're just not comfortable. And that's a good practice. For those of us that are faced with those situations, we know we're going to be doing that. Certainly never, ever get behind the wheel after you've had too much to drink or after you've engaged in any kind of drugs or alcohol. Over 60% of these crashes that involve a fatality involve alcohol or drugs. Just don't do it. Um, You know, plan your route ahead of time. Familiarize yourself with that route. Um, Get an idea of 
of what that intersection looks like. I know that's a little, a lot of us don't do that. We just follow what Google or Waze tells us um, and, and, and we just take that route. The best way you can prepare yourself is the safest way and find yourself, um, you know, going the right way where you want to go. It's really hard to, 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 to tell people don't make a mistake out there. Right, right, exactly. Whether it's driving or anything, it's why we have erasers and pencils, right? And it's why we give, you know, it's why we create these runoff areas along the sides of the roads. It's why we give big shoulders on the road, big wide shoulders on the on the road. It's one of the, and as you mentioned earlier, for the connected vehicle that's coming down the road, um, it's entirely possible that 10 years from now, probably longer, but maybe 10 years from now, when that driver goes the wrong way down that entrance ramp and is going eastbound on the westbound lanes of a freeway, that we will be able to shut that car down. I, I I think so, and I think any anybody who who opposes that from a you know privacy standpoint um, needs to talk to one of the victims of this kind of crash, you know to. You know, it's it. We've all been, we are all touched by car crashes at some point in our life. Some more severe than others. Most of us, thankfully, either fender benders, property damage only type crashes. But boy, those who have been touched by a fatal or serious injury crash, it's a life changing event for everyone involved. And think and, about, and, you know, connected and automated vehicles and the promise it holds for those people who still want their independence and their autonomy, and they get to an age where. Maybe they shouldn't be driving. You don't have to have that difficult conversation and take the keys out of their hand if you've got a safe way, you know, a safe way for them to have that mobility. When the time comes, I think that all of that gets there. Um, you know, we're, there's still some bugs in the system, uh, but I think once that gets here, I think our 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 older drivers and um, our disabled drivers are going to be some of the greatest beneficiaries of that technology. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's talk a little bit, too, while I have you, because news came out this week. Uh, the state police issued a news release showing that uh, there's an ongoing decline in, in seatbelt use. And uh, we saw that during the pandemic, too. I, I still don't understand. You know, I know that there are people that maybe buy something to disable their, their seatbelts or do those things. Is, is that illegal to disable your seatbelt warning or disable, you know, to to trick your system? Well, the law requires that in Michigan, you, you know, front seat occupants use your seatbelt. And quite frankly, we're in support of a rear seat, you know, requirement too at AAA. Um, we, we think that protecting the, the front seat drivers doesn't make quite as much sense if the rear seat occupants are allowed to fly around the cabin in the right. case of a crash. Um, so we're in favor of that, um, regardless of age. Again, if you're 16 or younger, you have to, you know, buckle up no matter where you are in the car. Um, but for for the standpoint of the seatbelt use going down is, to me, is um, about the same kinds of disregard for traffic law that we saw during the pandemic, and it's just carried itself over, and it's not corrected itself yet. It I, will, particularly as enforcement um, catches up to it. Yeah, I think so too. I really think it was part of a reaction to to mandates. I think it tied in with you know a, a defiance of mask mandates. Like you can't make me wear a mask, you can't make me wear a seatbelt, and you you can't tell me how fast to go. So, well, and there was a perception, um, you know, be it accurate or not, that you were let, you know, there was no enforcement on the road, and even if there was an officer on the road. 
they're not going to pull you over because they don't know if if you're sick and going to infect them and all that kind of thing. Uh, we we now know that that's no longer the case. So we're seeing law enforcement out there. And one of the things that at a statewide level um, that is going to be addressed a little more stringently uh, over the coming months is going to be seatbelt use because of that drop in it. We had actually reached 98% compliance with seatbelts in 2009. And it's, uh, yeah, it's just, I think it was what nationally it was like 92% in 2022. That's just, it's astounding to me that with all the education, with all of the devices built into our vehicles, that that, that could happen. I'm just really scratching my head about it. There is a good reason to, I mean, we, we've been, there's a good reason to use your seatbelt. You know, we, we've been preaching that gospel for, for, since the, the, uh, you know, early seventies, uh, you know, when we finally got, uh, seatbelts in all our vehicles. Now, uh, it seems we've taken a little bit of a step backward and, you know, some people figure it's their choice. Um, and, 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 and I'm not going here to debate that, but, it's not your choice to endanger other drivers on the road. And seatbelts do more than keep you from getting hurt. It keeps you in control of the vehicle in the driver's seat where, where you can at least have a shot at controlling your vehicle. Not to uh, mention it, the effect on insurance rates, which we all pay. Um, yeah, I think if, uh, it, you know, it would, our insurance rates would probably go up because we would see, no doubt, we would see deaths and injuries increase. Well, Gary, thank yeah. you for taking time to talk about this. I'll be back uh, in a second segment to talk with Eric Kind, who is MDOT's Grand Region Engineer and is spearheading some innovative approaches uh, to try to, you know, create at least some better warning systems, detection systems for wrong way drivers in the Grand Rapids area. So thanks a lot, Gary. My pleasure. On behalf of the members uh, of AAA across the state, we appreciate what MDOT does and, and we'll, uh, we'll do our part. Thank you. Stick around. There's more to come right after this short message. Did you know Newton's first law of motion states that a body in motion will continue moving at the same speed and same direction, while the second law states that an object acted upon by the force will undergo... Wait, I thought this was a snowplow safety message. It is, which is why this is relevant. Don't you think that's complicating things just a bit? Not at all. A snowplow weighs 17 times more than your average car. Right, and snowplows tend to travel at slower than posted speeds. So the third law states that action and reaction are equal and opposite. I think it's easier just to remind motorists to give plows the room they need to do their jobs. Follow at a safe distance and don't drive into snow clouds. Things like that. Well, if you're going to make it that simple, why don't you just say don't crowd the plow? Great idea. Stay safe this winter. Don't crowd the plow. That's it? Yeah, that's it. So once again, for the second segment today, I'm talking with Eric Kind, who is the Grand Region Engineer, which means that he is MDOT's chief administrator for the Grand Region, which is based in Grand Rapids, but includes the surrounding counties. Uh, Eric has taken the lead on doing some some innovative things in his region specifically to combat wrong-way crashes that have been a problem on 131 through the city of Grand Rapids, really north of downtown, continuing to the south end of the city. Eric, thanks for taking time to be here. Um, I know how troubling this is for you, and that's why you decided to to take the lead on trying to do whatever we can to further human-proof the system. Can you talk a little bit about uh, what what's going on in the Grand Region? 
Yeah, thanks, Jeff. Uh, you know, excited and glad to be here. Appreciate the opportunity to talk about this uh, real important uh, topic. Yeah, wrong way crashes. You know, you know, uh, they're the most severe type of crashes, and especially when they occur on freeways, like you said, 131. They generate a lot of buzz and attention. And you know, the studies have shown that there's a lot of driver air, you know, behind those, whether it's, you know, under the influence of alcohol, drugs, distracted driving, unfamiliarity with the area. So that in itself makes it challenging to, you know, get to the bottom of these, you know, incidents and why they happen. But when they create such a buzz and an intention, focus becomes on the roadway and less about the driver decision making. So it puts us kind of in a reactive mode in everything. And that's where, you know, uh, internally here, we just said we're confident in the system that we have here. But there's got to be something that we can do. And and that's really, you know, where this all took off from. And obviously, we share information, uh, participate in various national committees through the American Association of State Highway Transportation Officials, and also have other peer exchanges and, you know, borrow ideas. So um, are some of the things that you're incorporating things that have proven to be effective elsewhere? They are, you know, being piloted other places and everything. You know, we've looked at studies and everything to seek to understand, recognize that, you know, every, you know, roadway has its similarities, but its differences and everything. And really what became a driver of this and raised our intentions on doing more was, you know, started back in uh 2022 and into early 23, we just saw an uptick in crashes and reported events associated with wrongway driving in and around the metropolitan area. So, you know, we instantly got into that mode of uh, problem solving, asking a lot of questions like, you know, why, what changed, where, how, when, trying to get to those details. And with that, You know, it's reviewing these studies that are happening in other places, you know, around the country, you know, looking for additional uh, things to be done because, you know, MDOT, you know, has done a lot of countermeasures to try to combat, you know, wrong way driving over the years here in West Michigan and other places around the state. It isn't like this is something new, but this recent uptick really uh, forced us to ask ourselves, you know, those questions and seek to understand. So that's where we look past what we've done and said, is there something more that we can do? So that's what really has been the driver here. So in talks with the Michigan State Police and uh, Gary Buber earlier today, who's the first part of this podcast, um, it seems like a lot of the theorizing revolves around the pandemic and more reckless driving in general. And, and you know, there's all kinds of indications, statistics to support that uh, people drank more starting with the pandemic and and probably other things. That that makes a lot of sense, especially when you see the the reports on the crashes and what the causes were. Can you think of anything else? I mean, do you have your own personal theories on on why these incidents would be increasing? 
you, you, you know, along with others have, I think, hit the nail on the head with those, you know, is to outside influences, unfamiliarity, distraction, all the things that you've heard with campaigns that are presently out there, you know, don't drink and drive, you know, put your phones down, stay attentive to the roadway and, you know, the task at hand driving. So let me reel off some of the things that MDOT has done or been working on the past few years, and then you can talk maybe specifically about about what you're working on right now in uh, the Grand Rapids area. Uh, lowered the do not enter signs to improve the headlight angles, added reflective strips to the do not enter and wrong way signposts, added backside red reflective strips along the length of the off ramps, and uh, off ramps sounds counterintuitive, but it has to be the off ramps because if people are getting on the highway going in the wrong direction, it means they're going on on the off ramp. Added stop bars and turn arrows at the ramp approaches in addition to wrong way arrows placed further behind those. Added turning guideline markings at ramps where the on and off ramps are adjacent to each other. And uh, in the ideal world, you could avoid that altogether, right? But you can't because there's only so much right of way and you have to build in the space that you have. And lastly, painted curbing, curbed islands at ramp terminals. You're correct. So the list, the list is long and it fits into, you know, those questions that we ask ourselves, you know, with all that we have done, you're like, why, what change, where, how, when, and everything. And you're, you're just like beside yourself because again, because of the attention to detail, the focus becomes on, you know, the roadway and less about, you know, the decision-making of the driver. So with that said, you know, we've, you know, looked at, and talk to a lot of different individuals, you know, that have been working on this, you know, uh, wrong way crash reduction and everything. And, you know, we reviewed the recent studies, pilot programs, and there was some, you know, new countermeasures that piqued our curiosity that we wanted to try. So, you know, that's what we're going to be doing over here in, you know, West Michigan and that uh, section of 131 between 28th Street and Ann Street. Uh, You know, we're going to be updating our existing detection warning system that we have in place on the northbound off ramps at Hall and Cherry, which, you know, when it's operating properly, actually, you know, does send a, a warning to our operations center and law enforcement of the potential of a wrong way driver. And then we're going to be looking to add two new warning systems on southbound, the southbound off ramps at 28th Street and Market, you know, Avenue. And then in addition to those locations, we're going to be, you know, replacing out some of the wrong way sign with LED border wrong way signs to, you know, highlight kind of more of a always on light, you know, aspect you know, again, trying to improve the visibility. And we're going to be uh, installing bi-directional linear delineation and everything. To So that's the next, you know, generation of what you, you mentioned earlier about, you know, the red reflective on the guardrail. And the big piece of it, you know, we're going to be working on a media public education campaign in partnership with the state police and the city of Grand Rapids uh, Police Department. They've been true, you know, great partners on this and they're all about, you know, taking it to the next level and uh, bringing technology to the forefront. So when you talk about the operations center and getting those warnings to the operations center and to the police, um, explain what, what that is, what a what a traffic operations center does and and who who staffs that 
that that is staffed you know like i said we have consultant staff you know working for our operation staff that monitor sections of roadway 24 7 and everything so they're responsible for the messaging and you know that you see on our you know the signs the dms signs out there and then also connecting law enforcement to these activities that they see on through the video detection so they can, if they, they see what's going on in real time, they can type in a message that goes up on what you call DMS, dynamic message signs, that are those lit up boards over the freeways. Yes. So um, talk a little bit about the bilinear technology that you were talking about and, and maybe break that down a little more. It's a, a long line of, you know, uh, red reflective markings and everything which hopefully would uh, be pronounced and reinforced that you're going in a direction that you shouldn't be going and you know it's you know installed you know along you know the guardrail barrier wall on those said uh, ramps anything else that you you want to add about what you're doing i mean i know um from talking to you about this that you and everybody that's in traffic safety, whether you're in the specific traffic safety engineering department or if you're a higher up administrator like you that has a little bit of a hand in everything from construction to operations to traffic safety, they all take this very personally. And, uh, you know, these these stories are, are disturbing for all of us. So I appreciate the, the sentiment behind everything that you and others are trying to do. Is there anything else you'd want to add? You know, just one last thing there is, you know, we, along with others in the department, are committed to making our system as safe as possible with the tools that we have available. The goal is to continue to take steps to reduce the traffic, you know, fatalities and severe injuries. And it's one at a time. You'd like to snap your fingers and they all be gone. But, you know, we're in it. You know, we'll do it one at a time. But we're committed there. And with this pilot, you know, we're going to, you know, uh, once it's in place, you know, we're going to constantly be reviewing it for, you know, effectiveness with the hope of future expansion in other areas in West Michigan and or th- around the state. Yeah, it's, uh, it's very likely that this could be a, a model that can be incorporated elsewhere. And, and while all that goes on, we'll continue to keep an eye on, on what other states are doing, because this definitely isn't unique to Michigan. Um Arizona and Florida, which both have a large share of elderly drivers, have had huge problems with wrong way crashes, too. So um, it's got everybody's attention, that's for sure. Yes, you're absolutely right. It's not unique to West Michigan, the state of Michigan, and everything. It's a universal problem. Yeah. Well, thanks, Eric. I appreciate you taking time to talk about this. Yeah, no, I'm glad to do it, Jeff. And whatever we can do to get the word out and try to uh, move the needle on the reduction of these severe type crashes. I'd like to thank you once more for tuning in to Talking Michigan Transportation. You can find show notes and more on Apple Podcasts or Buzzsprout. I also want to acknowledge the talented people who help make this a reality each week, starting with Randy Debler, who skillfully edits the audio, Jesse Ball, who proofs the content, Courtney Bates, who posts the podcast to various platforms, and Jackie Salinas, who transcribes the audio to make it accessible to all. 